Do you wanna rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya, the Sexual Awakenings podcast, where we talk about the media that made us horny for the first time. I am here with the literally stunning Lakia Solomon. Hello. <laughs> Lakia, how are you? I'm so good. I have a little drink, so I'm... I can see you little drinky. I fucking drank my last beer last night, and then I was like, oh, shit, fuck, damn it. Tragic. <laughs> so mad at me and then I didn't pick up any today so I'm very disappointingly sober but very jealous of your little drink oh, don't be it's not that good <laughs> what is it it's cranberry juice and vodka it's all like I had that's, I'm a white person I love cranberry juice and vodka there, that's where I learned it from was my white friends <laughs> all of the white people that you went to college with yeah <laughs> well i mean that kind of brings us to my usual first question how did we meet how do we know each other oh my god that's such a good question because and not to be like sappy but i just feel like i've known you for so long that it's just like i honest i think we we met when i was a den mom yes i don't think i was your den mom you are not Yes, you were. I was, yeah, I was your den. You were in my den because I was a den mom I, like two and a half times. A half? I didn't, I didn't like actually commit to it the half a time. I was just like, I popped in. I'd be like, hi, everybody. Um, I guess I'm a den mom because I needed like the credit, but I wasn't there most of the time. Was I the half time? Was that why I don't remember? <laughs> no, it was whatever year. Was it Andrew? Andrew was in it. Was that your year? I okay. My year was the one where bleep was the he like ran the class, and then he asked. He was like, he said like, Lakia, what's your slave name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was that was my year. That was the second time I was a den mom because the first time I went, it was <laughs> um, and you'll have to you'll have to bleep this bleep. Uh huh. Was my. Was like, and I was Leader. like, I want to do this again. And then it was bleep. Uh, I'm just gonna use you. I'm just gonna use you saying bleep as the bleep. Yes. <laughs> I always try to like find a fun bleep. Normally it's I ugh, this is disgusting, but I have to share because it's true. Um, I have saved every single burp that has occurred on this podcast. I don't do anything with them. I just think they're funny. So I save them to my loop library. And there's a little a file of burps. I love that. I love that for you. I hope I'm able to contribute to the burps. Can, I, can you burp on command? No. I have never been able to. I've always been supremely jealous of people who could do that. But I've never been, I've never been so gifted. No, me neither. I actually remember the first time that I, I don't think we met like properly met met but like I remember the first time becoming aware of you was at um auditions for Secret Garden and Comedy of Errors oh my god things I thought <laughs> see a lot of the early years of like not even early my later years of college are blurs because I smoked so much weed <laughs> ah, hold on I, I knocked over my microphone <laughs> um yeah that's like when I think about like our our time together at Southern Oregon University what I really think about is the times just getting really mind-numbingly stoned mind-numbingly stoned you used to get at, us so high we would be oh like I have just there's huge swaths of my memory that are just gone yep and that's that time I bet I bet I was high at those auditions. I hope so. Because I um <laughs> don't care for certain professors at I mean, the college. I just think that in the year of our Lord 2021, after the year of our Satan 2020, <laughs> that like if you are a person, particularly a white man 
in a position of power and people have said that you being in that position of power has done like significant harm. I just don't understand why you wouldn't adjust your behavior or quit. One of the two. And if you don't do either, I don't care about you. I think SOU is really good at that. I learned things I learned at SOU, how to sleuth and find the truth. <laughs> That's staying in. That's staying in. Good, good. How to sleuth and find I'm getting that tattoo to my asshole. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I want to see your tattoo. Oh. It's hard to Have you always had that? I got it last year. It's my grandma's handwriting and it says, love you past the moon and stars. Because that's what she writes in all of our cards. And like, that's why people like, I love you to the moon and back. I'm like, that ain't shit. My grandma loves me past the moon and stars. You know how far that is? Infinite. I fucking won, bitch. <laughs> Suck on that, asshole. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my grandma. <laughs> this is this is this a grandma that died? No, this grandma is very sick. That's why I can't like I haven't seen her in almost a year because her um, she has COPD. Oh my god! She won't stop smoking cigarettes. Stop smoking cigarettes, everybody! <sighs> Children, do not smoke cigarettes. She's been smoking since she was eleven years old. Eleven years old. Yeah. So you're not tough shit for smoking cigarettes. It will catch up to you. Grandma. She's 60 something. She's not very old. And it's probably going to kill her. So like, yeah, don't smoke cigarettes, folks. Shit. I just stopped smoking cigarettes. I will like go through this kind of phase ever since I lived in Ireland where everyone smokes cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So like I came back from Ireland. I remember like smoking a cigarette before every single rehearsal for Secret Garden and then going and singing and being like a real badass. Yeah, <laughs> a real addict. And then I would like, I'll do this like thing where I'll like stop smoking for a while for like some months. And then I will like want one so badly and just like the tiniest thing can just like, yep. like just like send me over the edge. So like, of course, when the, uh, when the, when the insurrection happened, I was like, oh, I want a cigarette so badly. And I went out and bought a pack and like just... <laughs> It's hard in the middle of a panorama. Like so hard. And then like a coup d'etat happens. A crudité <laughs> happens. A crudité happened at the Capitol. The Capitol with an A. And my and then, my boyfriend has not been okay because he's never had to uh, confront white supremacy in this way. He's a white man. Mm. But um, in such a way that it's affecting his mood. And I'm just, I look at him, I'm like, I'm a black woman. I don't, I can't relate to you learning this information at the age of 27. Do you just go on oh, for baby? Yes, and he got mad at me. Well. Because I didn't like say it like that, but I was like, I do this every day and I can't, I can't relate to why you're upset. Yeah, like. I've been spit on, I, like I don't, for being black, I don't know how to make you feel better. <laughs> you're just learning it. He's, tr yeah, exactly. he's trying though. That's that's nice, but also like this is your life. Mm -hmm. This is your life. I expected the coup d'etat. The, the crew d'etat the was completely expected. Completely expected. I wasn't surprised. No, it sucked, but it wasn't surprising. I was just like, ah, they did it. Took them long uh, enough. I, I know, I was kind of expecting it sooner. Homestever, pretty cool that we're not gonna have one. Yeah. Um, I felt like looking at Kamala. I was like, I love yeah. her. I cried watching her get it, like her her being inaugurated. And I was like, cool, Joe Biden, great. Kamala. Yes. I don't agree with her. She was police. No. I'm a black person. I don't like the police. I'm not saying all black people hate the police. I should only speak for myself as a black person. Um, I've met some who like the police. My grandma, Josie, liked the police. You can bleep her name or not. She's, she passed. Um, she was friends with a police officer, but she reformed him. Oh, that's nice. He had never talked to a black woman one-on-one -on -one before. And she literally, I love this story. She was walking by him one day and he had his badge and his gun. And he's the one who posted the story. And I've heard her kind of tell it before, um, which is why she wasn't like a cab because she's like, I do, she knows this man who was like, he said that she walked by and then she, she, he heard her go, hey, and he turned around and she like wouldn't come close to him, but she was like, 
you look very tense. And I, I sense some tension between the two of us right now. And he was like, had never thought about that. And so she's like, here's my number. Let's get coffee. She's much older than he is. He's like in his 40s and she was in her like 60s. And she formed a friendship with him and they talked about what it was like to be police. She talked about what it was like to grow up in Louisiana during like a lot of like racial, racial tension. They formed a very good relationship. He formed a better relationship with the black community. So there's an example of like one good, like one good cop who like isn't a cop anymore. I don't think he ever like stopped other cops from being bad. You know what I mean? But like yeah. he didn't commit any race crimes. So like that's a good, that's a good cop in my book. Like, yeah. Wow. That is a radical fucking story. Right. And I didn't know that. And I should know that. So wear a mask because she died from COVID. Where? Wear a mask. Mask. I'm so sorry about your grandma's passing, Lakia. I am so terribly sorry. It's okay. I'm not like over it, but I have a bunch of her stuff that I've been slowly like putting up in my house and I'll just like talk to it. I'll be like, how you feeling today, grandma? I'll light a candle and I'll like talk to the candle. We do what we do to cope. We do what we do to cope. She sounds like a really fucking badass lady who understands that like change happens at incremental community levels. Yep. It takes it takes one person to start like, and one person to listen and one to do the talking. And then everyone just has to like, kiss and then and now keys <laughs> now keys uh well this episode is dedicated to grandma josie and on that note what are we here to discuss today my favorite disney film it is it is my favorite disney film a goofy movie It's so fucking it's good. I almost watched it. I should have watched it right before I this. watched it. I watched um, it. But I've seen like it at least 10 times minimum. It's so good. I it's so own it on Amazon Prime, even though it's like free on Disney Plus. So when you said that you wanted to talk about this, I got so friggin' excited because I've seen an extremely goofy movie more than I've seen a goofy movie. I know, I don't know why, but I was really, really excited to to watch this and go down memory lane. And oh my God, thank you for suggesting this. And I absolutely, I absolutely understand why you picked it. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna list off, rattle off some facts so that I don't get sued. So yes, A Goofy Movie was released in 1995. Uh, it was directed by Kevin Lima and who fucking wrote it? Music by Carter Burwell and Don Davis. It's fucking great. Mm. I'm gonna, I'll just add it. Oh, here we go, here we go. Screenplay by Jim Megan, Chris Matheson, and Brian Pimentel. Okay, I did that. Um, legal stuff. The legal stuff that I have to do. Um, so Lakia, what was your earliest memory of a Goofy movie? When Max Goof turns into his dad. <laughs> Okay, picture this, friends. We're in a field, an animated, luscious field. And we hear a, the wind is blowing through the wheat. And we see a dog character cartoon, a, a, a humanoid anthropomorphic dog. And we hear the sultry tones of a voice calling the name Max. Max. First of all, extremely hot extremely hot <laughs> so then he tumbles around in the wheat with with this lady who we find out is named Roxanne um very appropriate and then as they're having this intimate moment he's Max starts to turn into the cartoon character Goofy who is his father and gives a big old yuck so that was your first memory of, of the film? Yeah, it's like the one thing that sticks out, I'd say the most, um, besides my immense love for Max Goof. Oh, Max Goof. Um, who the voice actor for Max Goof is what like really did it for me. And I know mm. that because this, my second favorite Disney movie is The Lion King 2, which the voice of Max Goof is the voice of Kovu in that movie. And I was like, it's not okay that I'm this attracted to an animated lion. But it was like something about the voice of 
Kovu and Max goof. I was just like, fan myself. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that in this space, it's extremely okay that you were attracted to an anthropomorphic animated lion. And I say that this is okay because they had eyebrows. Yeah. And they were like expressive and he would like cock his eyebrow and he would like, he was talking to Kiara and the way he'd say her name, he would like cock his eyebrow. And I was like, (gasps) I know it's actually crazy. The amount of times that people have like brought up like supplementarily Lion King 2. And I think I need to like rewatch Lion King 2. It's the best Lion King. I stand by it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I just interviewed uh, my friend, Jenny Kessler, who you maybe met during Twilight. Um, so Jenny Kessler's movie wasn't Lion King 2, but it was Lion King one and a half. Um, <laughs> that episode will have come out by the time this comes out, but it hasn't come out yet. So you, I'll have to kind of explain some stuff. Basically, um, it's, it's <laughs> Timon's gender, like really did it for Jenny. <laughs> but I do think that in terms of like horniness, Lion King 2, wildly horny. Considering it's just Romeo and Juliet, like. Oh, man. Wow. I can't believe I call myself a theater major and didn't pick up on that. And the first one's Hamlet. Yeah. And Lion King one and a half is just um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. I feel like you should come over and take my degree out of my house. <laughs> Um, it's why I don't like I don't like Lion King one and a half. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe it's because I don't like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And I was like, I don't need to know what Timon and Pumbaa were up to during the Lion King. No, I like leaving up to my imagination. I think is why too. Like I wanted to leave it up to my imagination what they were doing. It's not the worst Disney movie because like they're they made some racist content. But Disney, yeah, yeah, Disney. Oh, has, I thought, him, I thought you had in general like Lion King, but yeah, no, Disney. No. I mean, Lion King could be argued, yeah, especially because, like, I always and I always identified the lions as people of color the same yes. as a goofy movie. A goofy yes, movie, to tie black it back film. In. yes, actually. Okay, so when you said that to me the other day when we were talking, and then I watched it, I was so taken aback by how right you were this is a black movie about black people there's no way to this day goofy is not a white man like goofy Mm -hmm. max no no they just they just aren't which leads me into the whole like disney making their people of color like animals thing yeah and this but it it is like it's inherently you watch it and you're just like this is and like they do it very well with power line who they give like a darker complexion yes which they don't do with max and goofy but they're just like mixed race i don't see them as inherently most like white if anything they're at least half black power line's black power line is a a black man yeah power line is definitely meant to be michael jackson like that was definitely who prince meets michael jackson exactly some sort of like pop rock star um, they do like a moonwalk moment when they come yeah. on the stage with him. And I was like, and he sounds very much of that kind of ilk and era. And like 1995, I just want to like kind of take a moment to talk about Disney in the 90s, particularly like Disney Channel in the 90s, is does a better job, did a better job than Disney today at representation, mm-hmm. particularly like movies that were about like specifically the Black experience. Cause like today, I don't know if you, how like up with the, uh, with the times you are of like what Disney channel has released lately. Um, but they recently released a movie called zombies or something to that effect. And it's like meant to be this allegory for discrimination. And I was like, you could have just told a story about discrimination if that was the story you wanted to tell. But they use zombies. Yeah. The implication there is terrible. Just use people of color. Right? If you're, I guess. Kids understand. And that's the thing that like bugs me so much. And it's like, I get that we are creatures who understand the world through narrative. I get that. But like, 
what really bugs me is when I see people make these like allegories and metaphors and as ifs about racism, when they could just talk about racism. But yeah, I just, it bothers me when we, when we make these as ifs and when we try to like frame the narrative in, 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 in white terms so that white people can understand it. Yeah. When it just is, just let it be, let the, sit in, in the uncomfortable moment. Why is it uncomfortable? Let it wash over you and then address it after the film or TV show or poem or story or whatever it is. Just Um, let it be. I just got into this discussion in the stream chat where somebody got upset with me because I was upset that the natives in Frozen are very white. And they were like, well, people come from the snow. And I was like, they were still very brown. Have you seen Inuits? Yeah. <laughs> and I hope, definitely add in there if I'm wrong, the correct terms. I don't know if that's the, like the term that, that like those tribal members are using is Inuit. Um, I feel like we did away with one of the terms we were using for indigenous folk from the North. Inuit is, as far as I understand, the name for like native peoples of the North. Yeah, and I know- As far as I understand. As far as I understand, but I'm sure people will tell you if I, if I am wrong. And you always can add a disclaimer in there if I am wrong. I, I yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Oh, okay. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right, but Sammy, S-A-M-I. Yes, and it's how you, that, Klaus. Klaus I think it's be Sami, a- and it's from Sami. the movie right. Klaus. They actually get into that. And even those people are like light-skinned, but they still have very indigenous features. If you have right. Klaus, you want to weep? Watch it. Watch Klaus. Oh, I love weeping. <laughs> yes. So Sami is, is the indigenous group of people from Norway. Yeah. Only white people in Frozen is what they decided. Even though the the head tribal member for the like the the woman has she has a darker complexion, sure. But then it will show like other members, and I'm like, why are they so pale? And then you have the one like representative woman who is like the only kind of brown person, and like the character that Kristoff ha- um, talks to when he does the proposal. Frozen Two is yeah. better than Frozen One, and I stand by that. I still haven't seen it. I need to see it. I took a long time to see Frozen 1, so this is not unexpected. It has, it has a rock ballad <gasps> that is done, like, as a rock ballad. So it's, like, the dramatic, like, like, Kristoff, like, walking through the woods with, like, his face, like, superimposed, like, singing with his eyes closed. <sighs> it's like watching a music video from, like, the 80s. Well, speaking of music videos from the 80s, uh, this movie was made in 1995. And I was completely surprised and forgot that it was a musical. Yeah. It has really good music. The soundtrack is astounding. The soundtrack is astounding. And I have to say, a moment that I think did it for me this time watching it, and I'm curious if it did it for for little Lakia, is um, when he... When he, when they make that, when they, when he like super projects the, uh, the video of, um, uh, and then he like bursts through and then he like on the zip line, like around the uh, gym and he's rapping. I was like, this is, this can't be a white man. He's too good at rapping. (laughs) Um, That, that did it for me. I would like, uh, even as an adult, it's not so much the, like an attraction because Max Goof is a child, but Mm -hmm. in, in these moments as an adult, like now I'm just like, like, look at the confidence. It was like his his suave. I I want the I want the moment before school start, like the day before when they're planning this. Yes, and it all goes awry, which that's what's great about doing live theater is yes. um, it does not go the way you expect it to go, and it turned out so much better. And like with when he gets hooked, like his fu- shout out to his little homie. Yeah. Um, who just like knows to be like this is what we got to do hooks him and just shoots him out over the crowd so he gets to like slam dunk a basketball I get chills even just thinking about it now as he, young Lakia was like oh that did uh, it for me that shit yes. was so good when he's just like he said what does he say I can't remember the lyrics right now 
but he's talking about like every time I look at you and he's looking like Roxanne's like reflected in his glasses. I was like, I wish I was Roxanne. <laughs> oh my God. And she's like turned on too. She's like ringing her little, like, she's like, oh. Yeah. And then like, she pulls Whoa. her knees up to her chest because she's just like, I'm like, I'm so horny. Girl, it was, that is like a very sexy moment. And I think like this is maybe one of the first times we've talked about like musicians on this podcast because Max is like certainly like a musician you can tell by and like there's other moments in the movie too where you're like oh this is a guy this is a kid who like wants to be a musician he's a pop star would you say that like something about like that you you kind of alluded to like confidence but like something about like that kind of person drew drew you to yeah 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 his desire to like entertain mixed with how shy he like was i'm dating a shy musician right now who like and now that i think about it like ha- does have some like max goof esque like qualities uh-huh especially the rebellious phase the like i'm gonna change the map dad because i want i said that i'd see power line um, yes. And that's another thing I like about a goofy movie, despite like, like not, not even just like what it did for me, because there was multiple times where I'm just like, yes, Max Goof, like, <laughs> yes, Max Goof, which I think is why an adult, I do like watching an extremely goofy movie more mm-hmm. because he is 18 and I feel less, I don't feel he's legal, <laughs> he's legal, not to be uh. that person who's like, oh, they're barely legal. It's well, <laughs> you're not attracted to him because he's barely legal. I mean, he, we're talking about an anthropomorphic dog, so yeah. it's all very, you know, and of the realm. Kia doesn't want to fuck young, like, doesn't want to fuck young Max Goo. <laughs> but like, young Lakia, who didn't know anything about sex or like attraction, was just like, I would watch that movie all the time. And it's only as an adult I can identify that I was just attracted to Max Goof. Right. Which is like why I just, I can't make fun of furries. Like I was attracted to a lion. Yes. I wasn't like, yes. I want to fuck the lion. But right. I was just You're like, not- I want yeah. the lion to hold me. <laughs> That's the episode tagline. I, I want, want the lion, the lion to, hold me. to hold me. Well, I think I wonder also if something can be said for um, little Akia recognizing in this movie, perhaps like a very clear demonstration of attraction because yes. it's, it's max's attraction to roxanne it's Ra- roxanne's attraction to max that is kind of at like at the crux of that movie especially at the beginning mm-hmm. and i think seeing that probably like of course it awoke something in you because it's this very clear display and kind of like even like a, a, a socialized moment of like this is attraction this is horniness yeah. and it looks nice and it looks fun and it's so innocent mm-hmm. I think that's what I miss like I like watch I like watching kids movies and I think what I miss is that innocence because mm-hmm. you watch um shows today that feature teenage romance and I don't want to watch two 16 year olds fuck I don't <laughs> I don't like watching Riverdale I will not watch Euphoria I cast because if we cast and I love this thing that um our friend Rachel said mm-hmm. um I should say like that uh has pointed out is that if we put actual teenagers in Riverdale, it becomes pornographic. Yeah. It becomes probably. a problem where you could cast actual teenagers in a remake of a goofy movie. Nothing it's wrong with it. You could cast nothing wrong with it. And I know that if they redid it and cast adults, they would make Roxanne and Max fuck. They absolutely would. Oh, you're right. And that's so upsetting to me because it is such a high school, like they're probably, I'm guessing like sophomores. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. a, an extremely goofy movie is like two years later. Yeah, so they're going to college. Max is like 16 at the start of a goofy movie. Yeah. Um, 16 year olds are awkward as fuck. They don't like, when, when Roxanne like agrees to go to the party with him. Also the act of asking someone to go to a party with you as a romantic gesture. So cute. I, that's what I thought I was going to get when I was in high school. I was like, okay, so now I'm going to have a boy who's going to ask me to a party, but I never got invited to parties. My ass was not, I was not about drinking and smoking weed. I wish I was. 
because I would have been chiller. Not that teenagers should be smoking and drinking, but I <laughs> calmed down about it. And that's thanks to the D.A.R.E. program. Ah, no, fuck D.A.R.E. Yeah, no, fuck D.A.R.E. Um, I was a D.A.R.E. award winner. I earned a medal. <laughs> well, look at you now. And I'm the biggest, one of the biggest stoners I know. So it doesn't work, folks. D.A.R.E. doesn't work. <laughs> D.A.R.E. is ineffective. Nice try though, D.A.R.E. I want the ironic D.A.R.E. t-shirt. The war on drugs. The war on drugs. <laughs> Um, Fuck Ronald Reagan. All my homies hate Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the innocence, getting back to that. Mm-hmm. It was the yeah. the pure and simple, no, there was no like gains in the way that we see like people operate now. Mm-hmm. It was pure, cute, like love. And it yeah. bums me out that in an extremely goofy movie, Max and Roxanne are not a thing. I know. Like, why does why not? I would love a like a I I would love for them to make a third film where they reconnect as adults. Oh yes. Um, but that would mean having to age up Max Goof. And I'm just like, you did it for a for an extremely goofy movie. Give me yeah. adult Max. Give me adult Max navigating the world like as a single dad now. And he meets <gasps> Roxanne. Like again. Oh. And she's like a single mom and their kids like get along and the whole. Oh my the gosh. whole drama is that they're both like single parents. I'd watch that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Max Goof in like a dad turtleneck and glasses. <laughs> I'm in heaven. My heart is racing yeah. in like a in a wholesome way. Yes. I want to I want to circle back to something a point that you brought up. Because mm-hmm. as someone who has made a bit of a career in um in exploring youth desires. I think this movie actually taps into something that that is like kind of that is in in it runs parallel to what you're saying about like shows like Euphoria and you know like I have kind of my own thoughts and feelings about that and I think that's fine but I think where for me this movie does a good job and I think I I, I wish kind of modern television would follow its lead is that Riverdale is about teens fucking fine no not fine but like I had sex as a teenager but I'm more interested in youth art that explores that desire and the complexities of it and the complexities of that desire I'm not interested in the 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 I'm not interested in the fucking I'm interested in the learning about fucking and the Design and the learning that you want to do it. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, this movie I think, ex- like, actually explores desire in a really wonderfully realistic way, because, like, yeah, you, you have the moment where she's like, oh, "I'm twisting this thing and I'm horny," but yeah. like, they just want to kiss and go to the party. That's they just want to hold each other's gloved hands. Like, <laughs> they don't want to put their. They don't want to bump and grind their hoo has together. Right. Which I, I do agree that it's, I do like about social media, about media, not even social media, about media that like mm-hmm. being like teenagers have sex. I yeah. didn't have sex as a teen. I was a fat black woman and people thought that I was disgusting. Ugh. This is a PSA to stop judging people by how they look. Um, didn't mean I wasn't DTF. Like I very much was, but I never got to ex- like experience even what it was like to be desired. And so therefore I ended up watching a lot of like film, like youth films about those things or like exploring those things myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't get that release. I never got to knew, know what that was like until I was 23 years old. And so it's, I think that's where that disconnect is for me as somebody who mm-hmm. like wasn't mm-hmm. fucking when I was 16. Yeah. Um, is like, I'm watching, cause I loved Riverdale, the drama of it. I love a good, like, bad like mystery i love camp i love yeah i love campy i love campy um screen queens is actually great because it's campy what? as fuck and they're like of age so if they're fucking i'm just like cool they're like adults i don't feel right. weird but Absolutely. it's like i was more interested in riverdale with the um give me one second it's okay so um, cool. i'm still here um i was more interested in the buildup of all of that, the lead yeah. up that yeah. we got to like the stuff with Archie and Veronica. <laughs> um, I was much more interested in how they were gonna like figure out like how to fuck and what that meant and like the implications. Yes. And then yeah. when they finally did, I was like, I wanna see it. 
I don't need to I don't see, want to it. see it. I don't want to see it. Yes. And I think what is kind of sorely lacking from media that explores like teendom and the teenage experience is a range. I think we focus so much on teens fucking that we don't like, we don't also stop and be like, how does this desire look, feel, manifest for people who aren't, for people who want to, but because society sucks so much, are, are feel excluded from, from this world. And I, I think that's why media that explores desire versus execution is more interesting. Yes. Because while I'll, I'll bash all these shows until I, like, I'm in the grave probably because because there are better ways for them to have done it without having to make me like because my suspension of disbelief go like it goes away I'm not able to suspend reality anymore because I'm like yeah. aren't these supposed to be like 15 year olds and if I saw this happening I'd be like oh where are parents? parents exactly where are parents yes there's, and I think yeah because there's nothing not to lead into that there's nothing, there's, it's weird saying there's nothing wrong with teenagers having sex because they're going to do it anyway. There's nothing wrong with teenagers having sex. No, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say. Just be safe nothing wrong about with it. You. With people your yes. own age, don't fucking, yes. 18 year olds, stop, stop touching children. Um, if they're 16, leave them alone. Um, yeah, no. So there's nothing with, wrong with 16, a 16 to 16 year old getting it on because they're going to do it anyway. But then you, if the examples they're seeing of how sex is supposed to operate and the mystique of it is Riverdale and Euphoria. And even that show Sex Ed, where mm. there's two teens fucking in a bathroom for the, like about the first like five, five minutes of the series, I turned it off. People mm. keep telling me it's so good. And I'm like, I'm not interested in seeing the result of their learning because it makes me uncomfortable because they're supposed to be teens. Yeah. I think you can yeah. allude in so many other ways without having to, for me to see a football player thrusting into a cheerleader. <laughs> when I put in those words, it makes people uncomfortable. And they're like, I'm like, but that's what the show is. So yeah. I don't watch that content anymore yeah, because it that's... makes me like cringe in a way that I'm like, and then I get to think about a goofy movie where and they're just... he just wanted to impress a girl and ends up learning more about himself and his father. Oh, yes. We haven't even talked about really like like the, the the bulk of this movie is the road trip with his dad. Because <laughs> while um it did it oh, it did it for me, um I think what was what is really like the crux of that movie is Max reconnecting like with his father in also a way that I think is like wholesome and like really good. And like when Goofy finds out that Max fudges the map, he's mad, but he doesn't like threaten him with anything he hopes that his son will make the right decision and when he doesn't he's very disappointed and then they sing it out as they do as they do i love the scene when they go over the cliff and his, um he's like do the perfect cast do the perfect cast you bet your sweet bippy i'm gonna learn the perfect the dance because i want to know <laughs> it's so bad it's so cool like oh you should go on tiktok and do the perfect cast and become the next the next trend because it is iconic. That song, um, I Do I. Uh, so good. It's one of my- I'm going to like- <laughs> It's one of my on. favorites. I, I put it on my workout playlist. I, as I was like mm -hmm. watching the movie, I like put a bunch of songs on. I was like, okay, well, this is going on there and this is going on there. This song slaps. Yep. Uh, soundtrack is full of bangers. And um, here's another name bleep probably, but Dom and I used to constantly talk about a Goofy movie because I think they have the same opinion I did where it was a black film and the music was iconic and that anybody thought the music in other Disney movies was superior just had me baffled, at least movies of that time. Because I do I, um, the song, oh, what is the name of the song he sings in the beginning? Yeah, the Powerline song. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name on. of it. How dare I? Uh, it's not after today. Is it stand out? It's stand out. Yes, stand out. Um, it's a good one. And I think that's where, like, that's what we're talking about is like the the moment when I was just like drooling, <laughs> and that music, like, it wasn't just the moments. It was that music was so 
sultry. Especially when it's like every time I look at you, he's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's so, and he's like, his mouth does a thing. When he's like, he's like singing to Roxanne and his like lips like do a thing when he says a word, like there's like a wave to them. Ooh. And I would have like big like anime eyes where like they twinkle just being like, whoa, Max Goof. <laughs> yes. I talked about this um, with Savannah when we talked about Brandy Cinderella, um, fucking phenomenal film. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there's, what I love in like hearing about people's awakenings of various kinds to these movies is that there's always kind of these multi-dimensional elements to it like the visual and the music coming together to create an understanding of yourself that wasn't there before mm-hmm. and like this first like this like kind of like sparking of a first desire and it's all kind of cul- like cul- culminative cul- cumulative cumulative, cumulative. thank it. you cumulative cumulative uh in in creating this like this understanding and this is why you have to fund the arts Mm -hmm. um is it's like it it takes it's not just one thing it's always like oh it's like it was it was the voice acting but it was also the music and the way that his mouth moved so that's like animation it's like all of these things coming together to create understanding in in this very like primal instinctual way that i just find so fascinating mm-hmm. love it i do love it so much i'm gonna start asking you the, the the wrapping up questions absolutely um if you could sit down with your younger self what would you what would you tell little akia just in like general um it can be one general like one one like in general and one like specifically about a goofy movie <laughs> okay because I can answer just as specifically about a goofy movie if you want. Start with that and then go with the other one. Because if I were to sit little Lakia down and talk about a goofy oh. movie, I would I would tell her to not be ashamed oh. of being like finding attraction in Max Goof because he was a like he was a good boy. He was a good person, mm-hmm. and like it was so much more beneficial to have a crush on somebody who was good like that. As to the crushes I developed later in life where I was just like, oh, boys are mean to me. They must be into me. Oh, God. And I developed a very unhealthy way in which I, like, I just assumed if a boy was nice to me after, like, he had to be mean to me first. Mm. But then he was nice to me. I'm like, oh, if he was mean to me, then he's nice to me. That must mean he likes me. And I would write these, like, poems and, like, letters. Oh, no. I was, I am embarrassed to this day about every poem or letter I ever wrote a boy. And I did, did it all the time. Them? No, God, no. No, I wish you'd kept them. Because they never gave them back. Um, I had. Oh, you gave them. Oh, I gave them out. I was a ballsy. That's brave. That is brave. Which I think is why I am the way I am. It's like my Aries ass would like write this poem and then just straight <laughs> give it to the boy and then pretend like I never did it. Ah! And I would tell little Akia, like, you don't have to do that because you're like, you're like worthy and you'll meet a max goof like don't even stress like you just shouldn't waste your time on boys who don't want to talk to you Mm. because i was from a young age i was so boy crazy like Mm -hmm. i had multiple crushes it'd be like three different boys all at one time my first boyfriend was in sixth grade um but he had a friend dump me Oh, friend, like, fuck was that. Like, uh, he doesn't think, and then he's like, oh, it's his sister. Oh, it's his mom doesn't like you. Oh, he actually doesn't <sighs> like you. And I was like, why do we have to go through all of that just for me to learn that information? Nothing more disappointing. And I guess than- <laughs> that would be to me in general too. Like it applies both to a good movie and to little Lakia in general. It's just mm-hmm. like, you're going to be okay. Oh. And maybe just strive for the Max Goof type the the shy the shy musician the shy nice boy musician I mean he does lie to Roxanne in a pretty big way but like but it's such a teenage boy lie it's such a teenage boy it's also like pretty fucking outlandish he's like yeah I'm gonna be on tv like it's so big just saying he was gonna be at the concert should have been enough because then he could have been like dad I think if he would have like but also that's on goofy too Goofy too. I when I watch it, I'm like Goofy. Listen to your son. He does not want to go camping. There's so many like lapses in communication 
in this movie to have me so pressed. Yeah. And so it's on both of them. It's on both of them. But like, I mean, I get it. He's like standing there talking to Roxanne and she's like thick and she's like playing with her hair. Oh my, okay, can I moment? just say, yes. Like Roxanne is like thick and like short. She's bodied. She has, she's body. And I just like really love that, especially like in an era when Disney was having those really tiny, very, very scary, skinny princesses. Yeah. Like Roxanne is out here with like hips and ass and thighs. It's yeah. like, that's nice. And like arms. And, mole, and I'm just like, and her little mole. She's cute as shit. Like, she's cute as shit. And she doesn't, she looks like, I mean, she's a dog, but she has like a, a realistic body she gives me latinx like vibes like, yeah latinx i was vibes. thinking like yeah i was saying like, i feel like she's brown roxanne is roxanne's probably brown roxanne's probably like a latina like i'm i'm guessing yeah would be the, and her dad is really funny um <laughs> i love oh, what did that make me just think about oh the thing and the thing about representation in that movie just in general is um yes. even for an extremely goofy movie with um pete not Pete. Yeah. Pete's, Pete's son. Pete Jr. Pete Jr. Yeah. PJ. Pete Jr. Yeah. Pete Jr. With PJ getting to date like the cool poetry girl. It's the only time yes. I'm like the, the like the the unconventionally attractive man gets the conven- like the conventionally attractive girl, but it works really well. Yeah. Where in a go- where in a goofy movie, you have the the president. She has like the braces, the glasses, the stringy hair. And yeah. she's still like when she's meets the dude who sprees the cheese in his mouth. Yeah. The connection is instant. There's she's never a joke because she's also class president. She's the one yep. throwing the party. Yeah. Where you, and where Roxanne is the conventionally attractive, you would think is the popular one. This bitch is like, um, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. She's so shy, she can't do it. And then her her friend, who I think is set up, you're exactly right, is set up to, you're, you think that she's going to be the joke, but she's the one holding the massive party and is like clearly very popular. Yes, has the rich parents while looking like what they make the unconventionally nerdy, attractive, like unattractive girl look like while she's busy being a boss. She's like, I'm inviting you all to a party at my house. Everyone in this school is invited. And they all go. And they're like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Also, the the '90s fashion of this movie, like, there's um, there's a girl who I, th- I I think is meant to be some sort of like bimbo esque character, and I'm obsessed with the way she looks. She blonde has a like, crop top. What? She's blonde with hoops. Yeah, the blonde one with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she she like has like crop top and those like big pants and just like the hair. Yeah. And I was like, I, god damn it, like I wish that you were my wife. And I I just I love a good bimbo. <laughs> And I, I love that they, they could have chosen to make make Roxanne look like that. And they chose to make her look like pretty, but like, you know, very normal, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. She just looks like a normal, a dog person, but like person. Yeah, <laughs> there's like people, there's, there's, they're dogs, but there's people elements about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. I'm almost oh done God. with my alcoholic beverage. So oh, it makes sense that this is where, where I am at this yeah. point, words wise. This is perfect timing. Um, did you ever have the talk? I don't. I don't think so. I learned about um, sex at a very young age because um, somebody left a porn in my VH in my VCR, and I didn't know. I expected to turn Winnie the Pooh on. Oh no! Yeah, and I just sat and I just sat there watching it because I didn't really understand what I was seeing. Right. And I remember one of my parents, I can't remember which one, but I know my dad was still alive at the time. And I think it might've been him came like, cause he heard it came like running into the room and like turned like frantically, like tried to turn the TV off. I was oh, like, no. what are you doing? And I was like, I was trying to watch cartoons. What, <laughs> what was that? And like, not the talk happening. And then having the thing being like, did my dad do that to my mom? Um, and my parents, I remember when the, like, they would sign the paper for, like, can your child learn sex ed? My parents signed that shit so quick. They were like, yes. Uh, because so you, yeah. they didn't, I don't think they wanted to have the talk with me. My parents, I also grew up in a very open and blunt household. Maybe not in the most healthiest of fashions at the mo- at, at times. Um, oh, no. But it's, it's why I have the childlike innocence that I do <laughs> now. It's because I grew up very fast. And so I don't think I ever got, like, the talk. 
but I would know my, like my mom, once I got older, would be like, are you having sex? And I'm like, no. And she'd be like, are you gay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Even up until I finally like did like do the deed. And even after the fact, um, she just assumed that I wasn't having sex because I was gay. And I was like, that's not the appropriate response. And she was like, no, nothing is a bad thing. It's okay if you are, which encouraging. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I'm not. Um, Glad to hear that. <laughs> I do like I do like me the peen. Um, <laughs> can I leave that in? Yeah, you know, you can absolutely leave that in. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but the world is also like so open that I was just talking with, to Nicole about this, and I was like, I don't think anybody's 100% inherently straight. And I'm in a very happy, loving relationship, and so I'm not really thinking much about those things. But I think it's it's weird to just be like, I'm a straight woman that I only like men. It feels aggressive when like, I could meet a perfectly nice woman who's like really chill or a non-binary individual who's super chill. Like, I just know that I like the masculine and I very much love my partner that I'm with now. Yeah. Who's yeah. male. Yeah. Um, and that's just like where we are in life and I think more people should just be okay with being like, you know, people are people and you're going to like what you're going to like. I absolutely agree. I, I think, so I listened to a podcast called We Did the Reading, which I highly recommend. Um, it's these two queer people who I actually went to high school with, fun fact. And they like talk about queer media. And they recently did an uh, episode about Interview with the Vampire. Oh, Brilliant fucking movie. The gayest movie I've ever seen in my life, yeah. first of all. That's the gayest fucking movie I've ever seen. But they brought up a really interesting point, which is that like queerness can, like to limit queerness to who you're fucking is so reductive mm. to the really vast experience of what sexuality and gender expression really is. Mm -hmm. And so like, cause like I, I it, and they said something that has like been ringing around in my head all week, which is like, I, it's so hard to imagine like coming to a realization that you're gay and the thing that you like about being gay is, is the rules. Mm. Like, right? It's like yeah. policing other people is what you like about being gay. There's nothing less queer than policing other people mm. about what makes them happy. Yeah. <laughs> like that it's, and like, you know, as, as a non-binary person, oh, hello, as a non-binary person, as someone who identifies as bisexual, it's like, I feel constantly told by the queer community that I'm faking, I'm lying, I'm not real. Yeah. Like, I'm a traitor. Like, it. Especially because you're all, you're in a relationship with a man right now, correct? And yes. there's something that happens, especially with queer femme folk, like, especially like queer, like. Um, like women where yes. if you are dating a man you yes. are not bisexual you are not queer that is traitorous it yep. makes you unpure and I'm like when did that start right also the whole thing about like if you've never if you're queer or gay and you've never had sex with somebody of the opposite sex you're like a unicorn or this like special thing I mean that's <sighs> a weird way to judge people but I guess exactly. I'm not I'm not like queer so I'm like I don't I mean, the thing is, it's like amongst yourselves because I can't I guess so. That. Exactly, but like the, the thing air that I was quotes. like, kind of air quotes, like to your point, like it does feel aggressive for someone to be like, "I'm straight," because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I just don't think that today, as we understand the world, anyone is like we're all deviants. Every single one of us, every single person who's come on this podcast and talked about being attracted to a cartoon is a fucking deviant. Yes. Like, like s s first of all, like the, what we are in our heteropatriarchal white supremacist colonizer society, what we think of as sex is so limited and so narrow and so restrictive mm -hmm. that most people in their attractions and their interests and what actually turns them on fall so far outside of that. Yeah. That like it is super aggressive and odd to then proudly declare oneself like I'm straight. Like me just saying, I only fuck men. And you, the thing is though, like, sorry, you go on. That's like, it's aggressive. 
it's aggressive and like okay fine you only fuck men i bet you are a woman who has masturbated to uh gay men having sex before like if you're not like if you are a straight woman who's attracted to gay men having sex like that's queer i'm sorry like that's like it's anyway yeah to get to your point that you brought up is that like i think that it's it's very it's all well and good to to ADHD. <laughs> it's okay, all, like, I know, I knew you would understand. Um, it's all like well and good to, to be like, yeah, like, you know, like I know that I'm primarily attracted to men and therefore I'm trying to like give space to the queer people or whatever. But like, I just think like to be hung up on the rules of like, who's putting what where is so limiting. When there's so many things like, and I'm sure there are lots of people in the world who would love if they didn't, couldn't if they didn't need genitalia if they were like I don't want a mm. peen or a vagina that's like such a valid thing too and th that would then if somebody was like I want surgery where I have nothing people would be like that's weird it's like yep. well there's lots of other ways to do things in this there's world so, yep there's so many ways to express desire and I think and that, that I think way... that negates uh people who are like asexual mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit like people who are like I don't there are people who are aromantic like it's People don't talk about those like identities enough because I think people no. think so much about the idea of biological like sex and like the act, this, yes. the act of sex yes. and equ equating it to relationship and or love and or lust that like forgetting there are people in this world who are like, I never, like I'm attracted to so-and-so, but I never, ever, ever want to have sex. Yes. There are people yes. who are like that and that's perfectly acceptable. Exactly. And we make it our, weird. Like we're we like, make it weird. weird. We make it weird. It it's doesn't not have weird. to be make it weird. But like if weird, we folks. can, it's not weird. As long as your desires are not hurting anyone, or if that hurt is between consensual adults. And you're not you making a strangers a part. I went on a whole thing with my roommate. We were talking about like not making strangers part of your sex act. It was oh, yeah. because this, this woman was wearing like a dog collar in public and there was it was like a sub dom thing and they were in public and it was very obviously sexual. Yeah. And strangers are having to witness it. I'm like, don't do that to other people. Yeah, those people didn't consent to be a part of your sex thing. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see you acting like a baby in public because I oh. know that it is probably sexual. And that's between two consenting adults. I that's none of my business if it's two sure. grown ass adults. It's yeah. not hurting anybody, but if you're doing it in public, I'm hurt by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, the main thing is you have, you have the liberty to express your desires as long as they are not harmful to others. Yes. That's, a, Period. that's exactly it. Period. Full cap, like full cap, no stop. Full stop. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we've come to the end. Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah. Follow my art page, Kia S Art. I love the, yes. the shares and the, the saves are what do it, especially now with the new Instagram algorithm. Um, and every Tuesday and Friday, I'm um, from 420 hey. to whenever I stop, usually around like 6.30, 7 p.m. I'm streaming on Twitch, Queen K-Puff. Um, if you're into video games, gaming, those kinds of things, or not video games, it's really just like hanging out with my friends and talking like shit sometimes um as they like enter chat and there's fun games you can play and i'm gonna let people start picking the games i play so those are the big things that i can think of right now how exciting i will link both of those in the episode description you should absolutely check out lakia's art because it's amazing Thank uh you. she did the juvenilia logo and i'm obsessed with it and we're going to um hopefully soon make like a fabric pattern out oh. of it and make like little scrunchies oh that's and so cute you're gonna have a little merch and uh it's a, it's all you're doing so thank you you're welcome where can people find you on the socials should they want to find you or if you don't want to be found you can remain a mystery kia s art is a great one to find me on um and the the twitch uh, my Twitter, which is the same Queen K-Puff, unless we're friends, if, if you if you know me personally, you should already be following my Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I don't want people I don't know following my private Twitter account, but uh, the Queen K-Puff gaming Twitter, because it's all about gaming, that's all I'll be posting. I'm too political to have strangers follow my accounts. I love it. 
I love it. Very so that's fun. where you can Very find fun. me on socials. Unless again, you know me, you've met me, we've had discussion. Yeah, you find me on, send me a message too. Like you can DM me and I'll be like, yo, I'll send you the link to my actual, you want to hear me yell about politics and scream at white men? Yeah, let me give you my socials. But if you don't want that, follow my art <laughs> stuff. I was going to say, I actually love your political takes and I, I think they're wonderful. And I think my people pretty good. should- Pretty yeah. good you have you have really really uh hot takes that are that are perfect for 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 cooking the discourse and i think that people would be honored to 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 get to see your your political side so i well, think that's queen that's just queen kunta yeah <laughs> that's queen kunta it's spelled k-u-n-t-a because people look up the other one and i'm like nope nope think Mm-mm. think kunta like um like Kunta Kinte. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. My last question as you slurp down the rest of it. Yeah. You finished that. Good for you. Yum. Uh, did Perfect. that do it for you? Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. But Gonna watch yeah. an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do Euphoria is created and hosted by Aurelia Grierson, edited, produced, and theme songed by Eric Solis, and our visual design is by Margaret Chambers. That Do Euphoria is a part of the Juvenalia Collective. Go to thejuveneliacollective.com to find out more. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at That Do Euphoria. And if you want to become a monthly donor, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend or give us a rating and review. And thank you so much for being a part of this horny little community.